Hello and welcome. This is your host, Alex Iglesias, and you're listening to Millennial Money Talks, your place to gain financial knowledge made by millennials for millennials. So how's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money Talks. This week, I wanted to kind of break off, you know, the last episode we talked pretty much exclusively about net worth and that concept. So again, as a quick recap, in personal finance, it is, you know, it is a derivation of the standard accounting equation, but in personal finance, your net worth is equal to your assets minus your liabilities. In other words, how much you are worth as an individual from a financial standpoint is the balance between the amount of stuff that you own and your financial resources minus the amount of stuff or amount of money rather that you owe on credit, loans, mortgages, car payments, etc. So we're not going to get too much into that this week, but what we are going to talk about is a little bit of, I guess, game planning. Really, the whole point of what I want to talk about today is game planning so you can understand the steps that it takes and you know the different phases of personal financial development to help move your money forward to really help build your financial freedom and your thriving financial future. And speaking of moving your money forward, I did just want to take a quick minute to introduce today's sponsor. That is Sherpa. It is a brand new, brand spanking new financial application coming out for free trial beta version this July 1st. Sherpa is a brand new financial application geared towards millennials just like myself and maybe you if you're listening. If you're in college, recently graduated, young professional, you're going to love this app. Great product, great company. Check them out at www.gotosherpa.com to move your money forward. So, What we're going to be talking about today is at least what I consider to be the three pillars of crafting your financial future. Those three pillars are education, philosophy, and implementation. In other words, learning your stuff, coming up with a plan and kind of like a base level financial philosophy to live your life by, and then actually actively carrying that out. So we're going to start with talking about education. Now, I was blessed with uh, choosing accounting as a major in school. We did have to learn a little bit about finance. I had to take one level. And of course, I got through college doing accounting and I started working in accounting professionally and blah, blah, blah. So I got a little bit of a formal education about this stuff, but they don't really talk about personal finance. Of course, there's a lot of overlap between accounting, you know, like I was saying, you know, a couple minutes ago in this podcast and pretty much everything I talked about in my last podcast about, you know, there's the standard accounting equation, assets equals liabilities plus equity, blah, blah, blah. You can rearrange that and that's how you factor in or how you figure out net worth, all that stuff. That's pretty much you know, there's going to be overlap between accounting and personal finance, but where I learned most of my personal finance was in my household and on the internet. So in the household is pretty much the number one place that people learn 
finances, just the same way that in the household is statistically where people learn politics or where they get their political views or their religious views or these other things. Pretty much household personal finance teachings you learn from the environment that you're in. This is why generally wealthy families stay wealthy over time because if you grow up in an environment where your family has money and they know what they're doing, it's going to rub off on you a little bit. On the other hand, if you come from a more modest background, maybe the environment that you grow up in financially isn't as sound as, say, someone who grows up in a million-dollar family. This is a pretty crazy time, though, if you think about it, for pretty much anything. I mean, with the internet and all these resources now, the great thing about living in today's world is even if your family didn't know what to do with their money, or if you come from, like I said, more modest backgrounds, you know, the world is kind of your oyster in terms of your knowledge and education. And that's, and this is really the, the big, the big point with the education is go on Google, find awesome resources, you know, go search through your local Barnes and Noble or the Apple iBook store or something and find books written by people who had money, who are sharing their experiences. Go on YouTube. People like Matt Devella who talk about their personal approaches to money. You know, there's a million resources and ultimately it's up to you to learn financial management or the underlying concepts of them. Maybe a better way to do it would really familiarize yourself with terms like compound interest or, uh, you know, diversifying your investment portfolio you know of course you have the you have to have the money to really worry about investing like that but you get the point like there's a million things if you want to know it you can find out about it the internet is also a pretty toxic place sometimes and there's a bunch of crap all over the internet and all that stuff but really the internet was supposed to be a fundamental you know it's supposed to be fundamentally a knowledge resource, kind of like a never-ending dictionary thesaurus of sorts. And then, of course, once you educate yourself, then it's time to apply your knowledge into your own philosophies. People do this all the time with everything. You know, think about think about politics. Uh, you learn about an issue, you learn how stuff works, then you start to develop your philosophies, uh, your ideals you know, your beliefs, your mindsets, whatever you want to call it. That's how finance works. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard the phrase, a penny saved is a penny earned. Or, you know, they've heard their friends say stuff like money is meant to be spent. And those types of things, those are philosophies, very surface level um, philosophies. But those are philosophies. But I'm here to say right now, at least personally, I don't believe in either of those things. There has to be a balance. And I think everyone agrees with this. Uh, very basic philosophy that everyone should live by is spend less than you make. Um, and then, of course, that can become problematic 
in a sense because you might say like, oh, well, I can't physically afford everything. I have to put it on credit cards. And then you find more ways to make money. That's the next step, of course. But what I really want to talk about philosophically, because this is something that I live by, and I think it's something that really resonates across the board, is the concept of a value budget. So basically what the value budget is, in a sense, is kind of combining a penny saved as a penny earned and money exists to be spent. Pretty much value budget is budgeting and reallocating your money to put the money towards things that have value to you and cutting the things that don't. So of course, this doesn't necessarily apply to your rents and your bills and your car payments and stuff. Those are necessities. They're what I call unavoidables. We're focusing on the avoidables right now. So pretty much what you do with your discretionary income or your money after bills, saving, blah, blah, blah. So in an ideal value budget, you're going to determine, I mean, this could be anything like for me, it's computer equipment, uh, you know, stuff like little gadgets and gizmos. Uh, for you, it could be avocado toast or lattes at Starbucks or beer, beer, right? You know, it could be anything, but you kind of start to, you start with what matters to me, what brings me happiness, joy, what brings me value and then cut everything else. If you really track back through your finances and you realize like, wow, you know, I'm spending 50 to $60 a week on restaurants. They don't really bring me that much value. Uh, I just kind of eat there because it's convenient. Maybe rethink and spend a third of that at the grocery store and do some meal prep, you know, pasta's a dollar. <laughs> You know, so, you know, finding ways to rebalance your finances to be able to afford the lifestyle that you really want to live, the value side, and then kind of pinch your pennies on the other stuff. That's a really great strategy. It leads to pretty much maximum happiness in your personal life as well as maximum happiness in your financial life as long as you are still spending less than you make, of course. This is not to say, this is not to say take my philosophy and go buy, you know, for myself, for as an example, go buy $3,000 worth of little gadgets, gizmos, new computers, tablets, whatever the heck, and then find like, oh no, you know, I spent $3,000 and I only make $2,000 a month, you know, um, don't do that. I would never say to do that. But if you, if as long as it fits within your discretionary income budget, go for it. And with all that said, that brings us to the third pillar, implementation. You've learned, you've drilled it into your head, you've created a philosophy. Along with the philosophy comes kind of, you know, a game plan. And then... You carry it out. You actually implement it into your daily life, your spending habits, how you go about things. There's no right or wrong way to implement these things per se. There's definitely wrong ways, but how you do it is up to you. Really, as long as you're achieving your goals, you know, you set out to save this percentage of your income, you're doing it, you wanted to make sure all your bills are paid on time, maybe that was a problem for you before. 
you're doing it, you're good. You know, you wanted to cut spending money here and spend more here or cut money across the board. You know, as long as you're achieving your goals, you're golden. The issue comes when people start falling flat on their face. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between personal finance and like something like diet, for example. You could try to do this crazy diet, you know, maybe <laughs> like raw vegan keto, for example, and you're super gung-ho about it and you're like, yeah, I've got a plan. It fits with all these things. I educated myself. It's healthy. Uh, also, there's evidence that vegan, raw vegan keto wouldn't be healthy. But anyways, you know, you do your, you, you educate yourself. You say, this is the best way to do it. And you philosophize and you game plan and you say like, yes, this is going to be the best thing for my lifestyle. But then once you start doing it, once that initial high of like, I'm doing this, I'm, you know, I'm changing my life. Once that wears off, you fall flat on your face. This happens with finances all the time. People are like, yeah, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to go out a single time for the entire month, right? Friend hits them up three days later. Hey, you want to go to the bar? And that whole plan is shot. Pretty much the best way to implement is, first off, find family and friends and other people. I mean, be open and honest about your situation. If you're trying to cut spending, tell your friends stick to your guns, you know, hold your shit. Basically, if they ask you to go to the bar, say, Hey man, sorry, you know, I'd love to, but I'm trying to not spend money going to the bar. I'm trying to better my financial situation. If they're good friends, they'll understand first off. Um, you know, and again, talk to family and friends. You like, if you're married or you've got a boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever you tell them what's going on, how you're trying to go about your life. And they need to be supportive, just like a diet, just like anything else. People need to be supportive. If you don't have a core support system, you're going to fall flat on your face, fall back in your old habits and screw up again. And then, of course, beyond family and friends, you've got the Internet. Now, I already talked about the Internet for educating yourself and all that. That's great. Utilize the, res the Internet for that. It's a great resource, but also internet-based applications that can tie in with your personal finances, give you up-to-date information, help you track stuff. Again, you know, I was talking earlier about Sherpa. Sherpa is a great platform for this. There are plenty of others. Really just utilize anything you can find to help implement your plan. Uh, I, you know, I'll, I'm beating a dead horse by now, but, you know, online resources are great. There's also other, like, tried and true methods. Some people swear by something as simple as instead of charging everything on a card, pull the cash. And if you have, like, this much of a budget for the week, once you're out of the cash, you're out of cash. Ultimately, there's, like, infinite methods of money management. There's tons of resources, tons of great things you can do. The bottom line is... Find a plan that you know works for you and do everything in your power to stick to it. If you think it'll work, chances are it's going to work and it'll work long term as you grow yourself, as you, you know, grow your net worth. <laughs> Back to the beginning, you know, uh, you save money, you stop spending on stupid crap, you get your debts paid off if you have any. And the next thing you know, you're you're in the clear, you're good. And as long as you build good habits now, they should last with you through the rest of your life. 
So that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, I'm definitely going to be doing more podcasts like this, talking about some of these more, some of the more specific strategies that I can think of, uh, you know, hopefully get more guests on the show and have them talk about their strategies and how they go about doing different things, whether it's entrepreneurship or if they're artists or whatever. Tune in, go read our blog, millennialmoney.media. You can find a lot of really great content to supplement these podcasts and learn even more about your financial future. And again, have a good one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you later. Handle everything